Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How many of you are enjoying the word of the living God? Hallelujah. How many of you are taking into heart and believing the word of God? Amen. Acts 27, 25. When Paul was in the midst of a wreck, he said, I have faith in God. It will happen to me just as it was told to me. How many of you are in between a wreck, a financial wreck? How many of you know that it's not going to destroy you? How many of you know that you're going to overcome that wreck? And how many of you know what the Lord told you? It will happen just as it is told to you. What he has spoken to you, it will happen just as it is told to you. How many of you believe today? Put your hands together. Hallelujah. Give a clap offering to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I have faith in God that he will do it for you. In Acts 28 and the 11th verse, after a chapter later, the Bible says, the next ship that they took did not wreck. The next plan, the next decision God has for you, it is not to wreck you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You might have wrecked in the past. Your finances would have wrecked in the past. Your plans would have parked in the past. But there is a heavenly plan God has kept for you. No devil, no wind can wreck it in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Acts chapter, in 2 Samuel chapter 24 and the 21, when David was going through a tough time where he had he, he got, for God had made himself a king, but he has made a wrong decision. And the plague has come to the camp. And immediately, in the 21st verse, he says, he went and built an altar unto God to bring an end to the disaster. How many of you know tonight, if you built an altar, every disaster that might have come through your mistakes will be undone and be cancelled through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the versions says, the plague was stopped. Hallelujah. I don't know what kind of plague, financial plague, hallelujah, physical plague, hallelujah, mental plague, hallelujah, what plague, I don't know what the devil has released over your life, but if you receive this word, and if you come by faith in the Lord, hallelujah, the Lord will make an end, hallelujah, to the plagues tonight, I want to say every plague to your finances be stopped tonight, in the name of Jesus, if you believe it, hallelujah, declare it over his life, every plague will be stopped. Hallelujah. In Psalm 118, when you read through the Bible, in the Old Testament, when the sacrifices were brought in, they were tied to the altar. They were forced and brought it and was tied to the altar. The animals were tied to the altar and uh, their neck was slit and they were offered at the altar. But in the New Testament, after Jesus died, we are not asked to forcefully come into the altar. Bible says, by the mercies of God, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Hallelujah. Nobody is going to be tied. Nobody is going to be forcefully tied into this message. Nobody is going to be forcefully brought into this altar. By the mercies of God, you need to ask the Holy Spirit of God to carry you and to put you in this altar. Praise the Lord. You might not feel like listening certain things. You might not like certain things. Your flesh doesn't want certain things. Corrections is not something that our flesh likes it. There are things that in your life you're trying to resist, although you're putting up a brave front. But you have to ask the Lord by the mercies of God. Knowing all this, bring my life, bring my body, hallelujah, unto the altar of God. That it will be a hallelujah, spiritual act of worship. Hallelujah, blessed be the name of Jesus. 
Only the Holy Spirit can bring us into this altar of tithing, giving, sowing, finances. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Bible says you don't have to fear. When you hear the, such a message, there's so many kind of fear that comes. My Bible says no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Hallelujah. No weapon, which means I feel that scripture is especially speaking about a weapon that is raised against us, our prosperity. There are weapons that are sent against us, against our prosperity. That is why though, no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. In other words, we are going to prosper. Praise the Lord. There might be weapons, there might be attacks. Hallelujah. That is sent across our lives, across our finances. But at the end of the day, we will prosper. Lift your hands and say, I will prosper. We will prosper. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. While I was praying, the Lord said there was going to be a shift that is going to take place. There is a shift that is going to come. Hallelujah. Every place of dishonor will be made into honor. People have called you small. People have considered you small. People who have treated you small. Where you treated you small. People will be make you important. Where people said that you are too small. That you are too unimportant. That you are not significant. That same people who discarded you will come to you. Pastor, is it biblical? Yes, the friends of Job who discarded Job at the end of the day had to come back to Job and ask Job to pray over them for them to prosper. Hallelujah. Every person who has discarded you, every person who cast you away, every person who said, oh, where is your God? Her Bible says, nation will ask you, where is your God? But at the end of the day, that word, hallelujah, same mouth will have to change his words because at the name of Jesus, every mouth will have to confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Tonight, the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of the altar is upon your doorpost, upon your lives, upon your prayers, upon your hallelujah. There are financial angels God is going to release over you. Mm. Those are the angels Jacob saw going up and coming back uh, oh, with an answer, a financial answer, an answer to bless your home, an answer to bless your generation. He's a merciful God tonight. If you lift your hands, if you humble yourself, if you close your eyes, you will have visions of God. A shift is going to happen. Look at somebody and say, shift is coming. Hallelujah. So tonight we are going to look at a topic called financial commandments let's open our bibles to exodus chapter 20 1 to 17 usually these are the 10 commandments god gave moses in mount on mount sinai sinai and we want to look at in the context of finances tonight with the lack of time to read it you can go back home and read it first commandment the bible says thou shall have no other gods before me what do we learn from that? Put God first. Always put God first. Hallelujah. If you put God first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Put God first. Put the first button. And every other button will fall into place. Keep the Lord first. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. Oh, you need to rearrange your life. For you to rearrange your life, you have to put Jesus and his kingdom first. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In 1 Kings chapter 17 and the 10th verse. 1 Kings chapter 17 and the 10th verse. So he arose and went to Sarapath. And we came to the gate of the city. Behold, the widow woman was gathering sticks. And he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Hallelujah. Did you notice that word? He came to the gate of the city and he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray, a little water that I might drink. And verse 13, the Bible says, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said. Make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me. And after, make for thee and for thy son. So during the time of famine, God is sending Elijah the prophet to the widow of Sarapath. She is just about to make some food for her and for the little child and about to go to die. Hallelujah. How many of you have gone through emotions like that? How many of you have gone through emotions, worries, anxieties, fear, frustration, unfulfillment, that you have even thought about dying? Especially regarding your finances. Why am I not progressing? Why am I not able to give the best for my child? This woman came to a mental agony and decided to close her life. Hallelujah. Even tonight, the Lord is destroying those kind of bondages, not only from your life, from the city. There is a stronghold of suicide around this city. We take authority over it. We rebuke it together as a church in the blood name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of these days you will be meeting people like this and you have to give them hope. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hope to the hopeless. Hope to the prisoners. Glory to God. And 1 Kings 17, 13 says, Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Look at somebody and say, Fear not. Fear not. What you feared is not going to come to pass. What you feared is not going to come to pass. The prophet says to her, make me a cake first before you eat and die. When you are real desperate situation and there is a famine in the land and it is your last meal, what would you do with it? You would eat it. But here is a man of God saying, first make me a cake, first do that. Hallelujah. We always thought that God sent prophet to Sarapath because God wanted to take care of the prophet, but it is the other way around. God sent the prophet to Sarapath to give a prophetic word over the widow. To take care of the widow. Hallelujah. God has brought you here tonight. Hallelujah. Not for the make the church rich. Church will anyway. God will take care. His church he built. His negates of faith shall not prevail. God knows how to take care of his church. How to build his church. It is not to make me rich. It is to make you rich. Hallelujah. It is to take care of you. How many of you believe that tonight? Give a clap offering to Jesus tonight. God sent the prophet because he cared for the widow. If you place God in your finances, he will provide for your needs. He will release for your blessing. Sometimes when you preach about finances and the money, people think it is because the church needs money. No way. Hallelujah. 
ദൈവമക്കള് അല്ലെ പാസ്റ്റർ വലുതാകാനോ അല്ല സാമ്പത്തിക കുറിച്ച് പഠിപ്പിക്കുന്നത് നിങ്ങൾ വലുതാകാൻ വേണ്ടിയാ ഹാലലൂയ സോ ദാറ്റ് യു ക്യാൻ എൻജോയ് ദ മണി ദാറ്റ് ഇസ് റൈറ്റ് ഫുള്ളി യോസ് in the time of famine isn't it amazing god satisfy us in the time of famine that's what blessing is all about orikkilo anugraham kaanathilla nokkuna saagajiriyathila anugraham erangi varuna anugraham yesterday i said i heard about a testimony somebody uh, getting 30% in their company today i heard two testimonies yesterday before i went today in the morning somebody getting 70 and 75% the lord is faithful glory to god hallelujah when you word is faithful hallelujah if you receive it with your heart if you follow and hallelujah follow the word all these testimonies will come on sunday just to make sure that you know i'm not lying for the people who thinks i can lie <laughs> hallelujah are you with me church The woman had a terminally sick child at home. After a few days, the child is about to die. God is not only concerned about the finances of the woman, he was concerned about the child too, about your generation. Never think whether children are a plan of God. Children are a plan of God. To give you children is God's plan. barrenness is not god's plan because god not only want to bless that child god wants to bless your generations oh come on somebody say god will bless my generations oh you have to call forth your generation ask the lord how to bless and come out of my generation come out of my loin bless generation call your heart all those who are believing for a baby put your hand on the womb and say come out you bless generation come out isaac generation come out holo oh like this boy come out a faithful healthy godly generation out of me you have to call from within you Hallelujah. Even before I thought of getting married, when I knew that the devil can attack somewhere, I did not have the knowledge of these kind of scriptures, but somewhere along the line that the devil wants to attack my generation. As a young boy, I did not start calling my generation when I was 28 and when I got married. I started calling my generations at the age of 21. I started applying the blood over my generation as 21 praise the lord because i know that they somewhere in my heart somewhere in my mind there would always be in this thought that the enemy will attack my generation blessed be the name of the lord but even tonight hallelujah glory to god hallelujah there is a voice of victory there is a voice of shout you call your generation god is interested in making godly children into the house of god for the church of jesus christ for the kingdom of god and for the generations to come let the lie of god withholding be broken from your mind tonight in the name of jesus hallelujah the reason you are here tonight more than any other day of my ministry on finances i felt a battle today 
Hallelujah. Because I feel that there is so much of victory that is going to take place in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The reason you came to church is because he wants you to connect the church to this word and with this anointing. Because he's concerned about your finances, your children. He knows what is going to happen. And he wants to work a miracle in your generation. Second commandment. Thou shalt not make for yourself any graven images. I know we are speaking about godly wealth and most of us have taken away carved images from our lives. lives. And we are not uh, those one who put a light and candles on graven images. If you're doing that, it's wrong. Don't do it. It will attract the curse, the Bible says. Hallelujah. Flee from idolatry, the Bible says. Two things that you don't entertain. Idolatry and immorality. Flee, the Bible says. Odiko. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. These two things. Flee. But tonight on the context of finances, it means don't worship material things. There's nothing wrong in having nice shoes, nice cars. I mean all those things. But don't worship them. Hallelujah. In the olden days when my dad used to give retreats, he used to tell a story. He would, uh, one priest would go, I mean, there was somebody who came for confession and after confession and all that, you know, the priest asked him, you know, his name was Peter, Patros. They said, have you surrendered everything to the Lord? He said, yes. Have you surrendered the car you have? He said, yes. Have you surrendered the gold uh, chain that you have? He said, yes. Have you surrendered the wealth that you have? He said, yes. Have you surrendered the land that you have? He said, yes. Have you surrendered the cow that you have? He said, no. Cow was the only thing he had. Rest of the things he did not have. <laughs> Some of us surrender everything we don't have. What you have, you need to surrender. Another time he was ministering in the a huge crowd sitting there. He was asking the same question. After the story, he said, all the girls, everything was Trishur in Kerala. He said, all the people, all the young women who have surrendered, give me your gold uh, earrings. And everybody touched like this. They held on to their like this. It's automatic. It's automatic to let go what we have. That's... But here today, tonight, the Bible is saying, don't keep material things above God. Whether it's your car, your house, your land, your car, watch, your iPhone, your sound system, your blender, even this church, or the clothes. Whatever God has blessed you with, your shoes, nothing. Even your friends, your family members, nothing you should keep above Jesus. Behold, the Bible says, the God thy God is one. Love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. The second financial commandment is to keep the Lord above everything. There are believers who are idol worshippers of possessions. They give more importance to their 
than anything else. Good stewardship is praying about everything before you buy it. Should I buy the shoes? Should I buy this car? It's not just because an Amazon app has come. Some people, it's a hobby. Just a step to press. Add to the cart. Add to the cart. Add to the cart. All shall, things shall be added unto me. Add. Add. God wants you to be a good steward and he expects you to pray even if you buy an ice cream. Lord, should I eat it? Corner house. And you will hear a small still voice. No son, go to the gym and work out. <laughs> Everything that you see, you don't need to buy whether you have money or not, it doesn't matter. It's your attitude. Whether you will acknowledge the Lord over everything. That's a good steward. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. So keep the Lord. Don't worship material things. Amen. He expects you to pray and acknowledge Him over everything. Third commandment. Do not take the name of Jesus in vain. Do not take the name of Jesus in vain. We don't use the name of Jesus in a profane way. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We honor His name. We glorify His name. The name that is above every other name. We want to carry His name. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How many of you will say, Lord, your name is so precious. Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's so protective. You know, mother, certain mothers protective about the children. The name of the Lord is so protective about you. You don't recognize it. He's so protective. He's a tower. The righteous run into it. They are safe. Hallelujah. You might have made a mistake, but if you run to him, always remember this. When you ever you make a mistake, don't run away from him. Run to him. And you'll come back to safety. The word vain means too much interested in your own self. Self-centered, egoistic. Why would God want to bless you if you're so self-centered and if you're so egoistic? Your own God is nowhere in the picture. You don't treat godly relationships right. You're too focused on yourself. On how you look, how you act, how you behave, and don't even realize that is something God, that there is something God that is that is not something God wants you to be. Spending everything on yourself, your happiness, your fulfillment, your joy, your self-esteem. That's not the way it is. Accept one another. There is a whole chapter in Romans speaking. Love one another for be bear one another's burdens. Uh, for bearing with one another, patient with one another, accepting, be kind-hearted to one another. Treat others better than yourself. Pastor, all the five days was excellent. Are you with me, church? 
self-worship. Some of you, I have to say that you are worshipping you. You are in, too much in love with yourself. And that will lead you into trouble. Don't be selfish and self-centered. You don't see the poor. You don't see the neighbor in need. You don't see the silent cry. You don't even set, sense even God what is trying to you. If you are too egoistic, you won't sense God. As a matter of fact, egoistic people think that the voices that they want to hear is from God too. Everything that you hear is not from God. You have to check with the Bible. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The word vain means egoistic. Too much interested in all yourself. Sometimes people even come to church for ourselves. Hallelujah. So that's why those kind of people are not even interested saying hello to anyone. So to tomorrow, you know, one Tom, Dick and Harry from somewhere come and doesn't say hello to you. Don't think that that's what the church teaches if you're coming here for the first time. Amen. Just imagine he's too self-centered and he needs prayer. Look at somebody and say, hello there. It is so much biblical. God did not allow Moab to enter their congregation of Israel because the one of the versions says they did not say hello to Israel. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Fourth commandment. Keep the Sabbath holy. Exodus 29 and 10th verse says, Six days you shall labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In thou shalt do any work. It essentially means to be a good steward. Essentially means to be a steward of time and energy. How many of you know you can do more in six days than in seven days? If you honor the Sabbath, if you value your time, if you are a good steward of energy, six days you can do more than seven days. In the book of Exodus, when Pharaoh kept the children of Israel as slaves and Moses wanted him to release them so that they could worship the Lord, Pharaoh gave them overtime, extra time work. So they cannot worship. Even always, the devil will always after you. One buck. You can make it. Don't, don't go for three hours. One more buck. It's a lie. The days that I have more, I pray more. Hallelujah. But my energy doesn't come from here, from, come from here. Hallelujah. You think it's easy to come and minister just like that for 10 days? It takes a lot of people. It takes prayer. It takes dedication. There is a family function today. I said, I can't come because I already decided. Lord has already commanded me to gather this 10 days. People might not like me. I don't care. Hallelujah. Are you with me, church, tonight? You don't want to come into a place where you don't have time for church. God wants you to be a good time of your time, energy. You can do more in six days, especially on a Sunday, than on the seventh day. Should give unto God. Look at Genesis 1. God worked for six days. He rested on the seventh day, not because he was tired. 
That's the principle that God wants us to follow. Like last evening, I told you some of us are resting for six days, working for one day. Few exceptions, they rest for all seven days. Praise <laughs> the Some of us are forever resting. It's also not good. Tithing is actually, tithing, giving your 10% best to the Lord is showing forth that you're a good steward of what God has blessed you with. What you're saying is God can do with my 90% more than my 100%. Isn't it amazing? God said, I will open the windows of heaven with your 90%. If you give me the 10, with your 10%, I will open the windows of heaven over your 90%. With your 100%, you toil hard and hard and hard. They do feel miserable. All good stewards have three things in common. They spend wisely. Everybody says, spend wisely. They save diligently. Says, save diligently. They give generously. Amen. These three qualities all stewards have. Amen. Always remember, the devil will never tell you to give an offering. Praise God. The devil will never tell you to tithe. The Spirit of God inspiring you, telling you. Anyway, fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that it might be well with thee and may you live long on earth. We are living in a generation who has come up, who has own family to raise children, to feed, and they forget to bless their parents with their finances. What am I trying to say to when you say honor them? It's no honor when you come to church driving a Mercedes Benz and asking your parents to come by bus. You are wearing the best dresses and they just have the same dresses. And then we will say, oh, old people, you know, olden days, they are like that. Whether they like that or like this, I don't care. You buy the new ones to them first. You do it, your children will do it. You dump your parents, your children will dump your parents. Their parents, that's you. Hallelujah. Teach them to honor you. They have many friends. They have only one father and one mother. Don't try to be the best friend of your son. Be the best daddy and be the best mommy. Hallelujah. Don't try to please them. Teach them to respect you so that they'll be blessed. Hallelujah. Are you with me, church? Honor your father and your mother. You go to the finest restaurants, holidays, in the best places. And they have never stepped out the house once. What honor is that? Honor them with your finances. Love them. Praise the Lord. You treat your friends when you get a salary. You treat your friends when you get a birthday. Your parents, you pray with them. What kind of stupid spirituality is that? Hallelujah. 
I took my parents for the most costliest holiday that I ever thought about. As a matter of fact, I spent three times of what I thought about. I'm sorry, 300 times. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. To be more precise, the principle here is that children have to learn about God and money too at home. Don't think that sending your children to kids church once a week make them super anointed. We must send them, but teach them about the Lord and about finances, about honor at home. Have you spoken about your finances in the home? That's what will reflect on children, otherwise they'll become materialistic. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Are you getting this? So, so many parents, you know, tell them, don't become over spiritual. Huh? Amazing. Even today's men of God. They serve the Lord. When it comes to their children, they're trying to make them engineers, doctors, MBAs. Very few children of men of God becomes men of God. Because they become very practical now. They might have struggled in the earlier days of their lives in finances. Study well. Spend a one hour or two hours every day. But study well. I'm not against studies. But there is nothing more powerful and more anointed and more honorable than serving God. Hallelujah. They might make a lot of money, but their eternity will be lost if you teach your children like that. Hallelujah. You have to tell them to Lord, honor them, show them, example to them by honoring the Lord with their finances and tell them, God will provide your needs according to His riches and glory. Place the Lord everything else and give unto the Lord. Show them. If you have such kind of conversations, your children will follow the blessing of the Lord and that will flow into generations. But if you're going to tell them the other way, don't go to church always, don't pray always. Who will take care of you? What will you eat? If you tell them the biggest thing in life is to make money, somehow that is going to make them unsuccessful a generation, unsuccessful kids in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. They might have all the wealth in the world, but their soul will be cut away from God. Teach them to keep the Lord first. Then everything anyways will follow them. Pastor, teach them to be independent, right? Bible says so. Bible teaches them to be excellent, not independent. I want my children to be dependent on me till I die. I want them to counsel them till I die. I want them to ask me every decision before they make every decision to come and ask me if they don't know the right one. I don't want to be independent. I want them to be excellent. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Nice talk, Chaco. <laughs> Since you're not saying amen, I'm just encouraging myself.
You have to teach them to fear God, honoring God with their substance, blessing the name of Jesus at home. And that's what they will follow the rest of their life and the blessings will come. Lift your hands for your family for a minute tonight. We're going to pray for a minute. Hallelujah. I want to pray for your children. Remember your children. And I want to ask you, bless your parents, your children, and, and, and the generations, the protection over their lives, over their family. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. May God visit them. May God bless them. Father, we pray for our families. We pray for your peace, your joy, your love to fill their hearts. We pray that your principles is that will direct their lives, Lord. Your fountain will flow through them, Lord. The wells that we have dug, they will enjoy it and they will not allow the devil to stop it, Lord. They will not put the mud on it, Lord. They will not despise the well that we are opening for our generations tonight. In the name of Jesus, let them honor you. Oh, the one who gave us the well. Let them honor you, the one who has blessed us. And let them follow the same God. Let our God be their God. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Amen. Sixth commandment. Thou shalt not murder. What does that mean? Evil money, money that is earned through murder, cheating, lying, through keeping back the wages of someone who works for you, sleeping around to make money, you will never enjoy the blessing of God. Hallelujah. In the context of our preaching, thou shall live by a budget, otherwise you will kill yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will want to kill yourself when you are not living on the budget. There is a saying, if you don't have a goal, you will probably, you know, reach there. If you don't have a plan, you are in trouble. No goal. It's dangerous. If you don't have a goal, you, know, you will reach killing yourself. I want you to implement something in your life. I want you to add one friend in your iPhone tonight or your phone. The friend's name is called Mr. Budget. Every time you want to buy something, ask, call Mr. Budget. Everybody say Mr. Budget. Mr. Budget will help you to make financial decisions, emotional decisions. For example, when your wife comes and tells you, let's have a holiday in Spain. Tell her, we'll ask Mr. Budget what we have, what is there as possible to travel through to Spain. Teach your children also when they want to buy something. Let's as a family ask Mr. Budget whether we have it, whether we can afford it. A preacher said he would take his daughter for budget meals in McDonald's. Usually with the meals, a toy is given. But with the budget meal, you don't get a toy. When the daughter said, why there is no toy? They said, they asked Mr. Budget and Mr. Budget said to buy a budget meal. When the child said, but you didn't get me the toy. The father said, we asked Mr. Budget and Mr. Budget said, no. And the child said, I want Mr. Budget to die. 
Sometimes you will really want that because there are cravings, desires, thing wants, things that you want to do. But Mr. Budget is like a map so that you don't get lost financially. Hallelujah. We can get lost so many ways. We should not lost financially. Lose ourselves. Sometimes people don't want to others to see the financial map because they're so embarrassed of its shape. Don't be embarrassed. And you have little. Little in the hands of God will make more. Five loaf and two fish, if it multiplied, even your loaf and your fish will multiply too. If God did it once, He will do it again. He neither changed at all. He doesn't change. The problem is we don't give it into God's hands. Or we give it into God's hands and shake hands and take it back. Praise God. Are you with me, church? You learn to drive because somebody taught you. Take advice from people on how to budget certain things. In the multitude of counselors, the Bible says there is safety. Don't think that you know everything. I always tell various ministries in our church itself to go, go and learn it from the best of people. If I see there is a lack in their knowledge, I send them to the best of people, the best of chartered accountants, the best of worship leaders, the best that teach. This is the way, this, these are the people I want to learn from. I've been under a spiritual father for over 22 years. I still go. I still go. And I'll do it for the rest of my life. Because I know nobody can be above his teacher. Not everything that any of you sitting here can be above me. It's not possible because that's the Bible. You can be like me, not above me. That keeps you humble. Even if you're going to above me, I don't have any complex, but I'm just teaching you the word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because we are living in a competitive world. Competition never won any victory in the Bible. It's teamwork. It's teachableness. So if you want to make impact, you have to understand that we can make a mistake. There's nobody sitting here who can't make mistakes. If there is one, I want you to ask you to lay hands on me and to pray over me after the service. If you have never made mistakes in your life. Only Jesus is perfect. We can make mistakes. We can make blunders. That wise, that's the reason we have to ask somebody to help us tonight. Amen. Seventh commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Exodus 20, 14. In other words, you shall live within the provision that God has kept for you. How many of you know? Don't go beyond or above that. Sometimes that means to financially live beyond, below your means. When you are buying things beyond your means, you are actually shaking your fist at God and said, I will do it my way. You are actually telling, trying to prove God and prove everyone. There are two reasons why people don't live without, within their budget and make a mistake. They are not content with what what is there in their lives Philippians 4.11 Paul said not that I not that I speak in respect of want for I've learned 
in whatsoever state I am. There to be content. I learned to be content. Contentment is something you have to learn. God does not want to remain there. He, can, he went on to say that God will supply all your needs. The same Paul said, He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think of, imagine or dream. So God does not want you to always contend and remain in the same state. But He wants you to learn contentment. God will take above and beyond. But first you have to learn contentment of where you are, what you have. I always believe before greatest financial breakthrough, there is a season of contentment. If you're trying to compete with your neighbor, or they believe, especially with believers, or they bought another car, I will also buy another car. They have a house we don't have. They have gone for a holiday. We haven't. They think there's something wrong with them. So they try to compete. Hallelujah. Second mistake that people make is because they don't know their maths. Some of you hated mathematics. Even now you hate mathematics. And some of you are in the place where you are because you never loved maths. Luke 14, 28 says, For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not Sit it not down first and count the cost whether we have sufficient to finish it. Sometimes we make mistakes because we don't count what we have. If you are earning 4,000 rupees, you spend 1,000 for a shirt, 1,000 on a dinner, 1,000 to lend to someone, and 1,000 you give to someone, and you don't have. Stop coming, you don't stop counting and. Hallelujah. You are not rebellious. It's just that you don't know mathematics. <laughs> count child's education, vacation, food, house expense, rent. Count. Plan. And go through the scriptural principles. Eighth commandment. Thou shalt not steal. Now we learned yesterday Malachi 3 says you can't steal from God through not bringing tithes and offerings to the storehouse but to the context of tonight don't steal means we have all have a attitude called buy now and pay later even saris, sandals what not today we can buy now, pay later buy now, pay later only thing we never pay many people get into bondage because of their thinking that they're standing in faith and it will come they want to buy something I believe in a month's time it will come it's not like that it doesn't work like that hallelujah blessed be the name of the Lord it is said a survey taken it was found that 80% of the tax, repen, tax refunds are spent even before they get it. Isn't it amazing? 80% of the tax refunds are spent because they believe it will somehow come. So they've already spent it. Your employer 
tells you that you're going to get a higher pay scale next month so you start spending today employer will change and then there will be a whatsapp message anybody wants a second hand shoe only used ones <laughs> in other words learn the principle of delayed gratification learn the principle of delayed gratification learn to look forward to things the christian principle is that you have to wait and you have to work for it it's not i want it now i'm going to use my credit card until jesus come coming back you're paying your credit cards loads how many of you don't want to do that it takes your joy away it takes your peace away you buy something by through emi and and every month you're scaring to pay that emi because you don't have any resources to finish paying that load so there is fear hallelujah your joy is gone but if you wait you have to pray and look forward to it dreaming about it learning and putting in your heart the corresponding scriptures that takes you there how many of you have corresponding scriptures to the battle that you're facing you're facing battle in the area of finances know the corresponding promises that can break it you're battling in the area of barrenness know every scripture in the bible that speaks the promise to receive a child from god you are battling depression learn every scripture that is on joy that is on peace that is on tranquility and as you are reading one by one that bondage leaves god is faithful to watch over his promise and to perform it not that whatever you want he said i will watch over my word to perform it what is the word that you are holding on nee edu vajanathilana മുറുകെ പിടിക്കുന്ന അത് മാത്രമേ കർത്താവ് ഫുൾഫിൽ ചെയ്ത് തരുള്ളൂ പാസ്റ്റർ പറയുന്ന വചനം ദൈവം പറയുന്ന വചനമായി മാറണം ദ വേർഡ്സ് ദാറ്റ് ഇസ് കമ്മിങ് ത്രൂ മൈ മൗത്ത് ഹാസ് ടു ബിക്കം ദ വേർഡ്സ് ഓഫ് ഗോഡ് ദൻ ഓൾസോ ഇറ്റ് ബിക്കംസ് റൈമാ ടു യു ഫേറ്റ് ടു യു അതോസ് ഇസ് പാസ്റ്റ് ദ ചാക്കോസ് വേർഡ്സ് ഇറ്റ് ഡസ്ൻ്റ് കാരി എനി വെയ്റ്റ് പീപ്പിൾ ഇൻ തെസ്ലോണിയൻ സെസ് when paul spoke to them they did not receive as words of men but words of god who worketh in them effectually hallelujah i with me church tonight are you going through your notes every day before i come to preach i go through these notes and i take every word and prophesy over my life your life everyone's life i make it till it becomes life to me hallelujah you have to keep speaking for this clinical clinical description of depression is a person who has lost hope If you are buying paying an EMI every month 
you're hopeless. Let me tell you what you should do. Before you are about to buy something, you ask the Holy Spirit, even an aftershave. Pastor would say when he was walking by faith, when he did not have an aftershave to shave, he would ask the Holy Spirit of God. And immediately somebody will come and gift him an aftershave. In other words, whatever you ask in prayer, God will always open the supernatural. Anything that you acknowledge the Lord, He will always open the miraculous. Hallelujah. Number 9 and number 10, I go fast. Number 9, thou shalt not bear a false witness. Look at somebody and say, be a good witness. What is a false witness? Listen to me very carefully. If you have got yourself a great looking watch, but your child is standing outside the class without paying the fees, you are a bad witness. You have bought the most costliest of phones, but your wife and your children are looking like poor people. I mean, you are a bad witness, you husbands. You traveled around the world in business class, but your wife hasn't eaten or slept. There's something wrong. Tough times is there for everybody, but being a witness does not mean that you never go through a tough time. Learn this. If you are here tonight, when you are hearing so many promises, I am not telling you you won't go through tough times. You go through crushing. You go through peaceless times. But amidst of peaceless times, where somebody else would lose your their peace, you have peace. Praise the Lord. You have joy. You know God is in control. That's what Christian life is all about. You are a, being a witness. You are saying, I know my Redeemer liveth. I know He will bless me. I know it's the time of wait, but He will show Himself to those who wait upon the Lord. You know he's your shepherd. It's a temporary face. The Bible says the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is over many waters, which means there are many problems your way. But the voice of the Lord is more powerful than your many problems. Being a good witness is to hear the voice in the midst of a trouble. And it goes on to say, what does the voice of the Lord does? It says it breaks. In Psalms 29, it breaks the desert of Kadesh. Which means, don't fear that you are going to have an everlasting desert life. The voice of God will break the desert and will open up the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah. If you have bought a land, Right there, that land is a land flowing with milk and honey. A delightful land. Hallelujah. In your house, say it is a delightful land. A land flowing with milk and honey. A favor land. A favorable land. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There will be a temporary face, but God will give you into a spacious place. Hallelujah. Being a good witness amidst test. Hallelujah. 
Are you with me, church, tonight? Tenth commandment, do not covet. Do not covet somebody else's husband. Do not covet somebody else's land. Colossians 3, 5. It says, mortify. Therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate, affection, evil, concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. See where covetousness, in which group it is given. Covetousness, the group, with fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection. Look at the group. We want to be condemned and not covet. Hallelujah. What is covetousness? When you're looking at somebody else's things, which restaurant did they go? Maybe I should go there. It becomes your neighbor has become your God. You didn't ask Jesus. Don't let somebody else spend your money. They got it. I also need it. Are you here with me, church, tonight? Some of you need to repent of that kind of uh, attitude. Solomon had 4.5 tons of gold coming to him every year. 6,000 kilos of wheat per day. 12,000 kilos of beef trade every day. And 4,000 kilos of meat trade every day. When you study the book of Proverbs, you will find wisdom had to do a lot with it. You have to ask the Lord tonight to correct you and to anoint you with wisdom. Solomon just did not sit there and it came. There were, there were, there were, there were business ideas. There were strategies. There were decisions. There were favor. There were relationships that they made. He was a good steward. He was a generous man. And he kept God's house above everything else. And God's tremendous blessing came upon him. And you know, he went the opposite ulta way. He became like a madman. The most wisest man acted mad. And some of the scriptures also he's written, Bible scholars believe was in his greatest madness. Hallelujah. So tonight I know it was a simple word, but it was not very difficult to, I mean, easy to allow it to go in. You have to ask the Holy Spirit tonight to build an altar. Hallelujah. It's not, might not be easy for some of us. Hallelujah. But this is how to gain wisdom. This is, this is wisdom. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are you here tonight, church? Hallelujah. Financial commandments. If you follow them, you will see great blessing falling upon your life. Amen. I know that as the days are going by, there are so many materials that have come through. Some of you 
don't need everything put it in the shelf you will need it but just after you finish 10 days don't keep it in the notebook it will be a rich notebook take it every day spend half an hour reading those notes and putting those things into practice ask the holy spirit amen because tomorrow we are going into breaking certain strongholds bondages cycles over your life amen from tomorrow they're going to be breakthrough turn around times amen hallelujah but before that i want to build an altar amen hallelujah blessed be the name of the lord